So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. If you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you running a business is tough. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Join the over 21,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash c-suite. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Welcome to the Superhero Homies Podcast. My name is Quentin, and as always, I am here with the homie Kevin. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is going on out there? Hopefully you guys have all had a pretty decent beginning your week but we are not alone tonight as we have another friend with us we have the homie joe with us joseph you're uh man you've been a super dope person to get to know over the past especially really over the past uh year really when i got got to know you and then i realized that you're a super nerd joe <laughs> welcome to the <laughs> yep. podcast brother it's about time thank mm. you i appreciate it a lot i'm glad to be here hey. hell yeah yeah, it's uh, good to have you here. We had to have you here for uh, for this one, which is a really special episode. We're covering uh, the original 1984 Secret Wars arc. Uh, yeah, we knew eventually that we had to talk about the big guns. And uh, I learned through Q uh, that you were a huge diehard fan of this book. And I knew that, okay, we definitely wanted your perspective on this as well. And plus, I never really got to know you that well. So I'm anxious to actually like kind of meet you officially through the podcast here, you know? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Hell yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, now, homies, one thing that... That's, there's a couple of things, actually, about Joe that some of the other homies who have been guests on uh, uh, don't don't quite have going for him. For, for one thing, Joe, you, you are a, a really avid comic reader. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You you love especially your Marvel. You really love your Marvel comics, and we're just talking about the street level stuff, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Make my Marvel all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, who who are some of your favorites again? Daredevil and Magneto, right out the, out oh. the gate. Mm. That's my top two, uh, every time. And mm-hmm. and like you mentioned, and like we were just discussing before it came on, I I like a lot of the street gritty stuff. Back when in the '90s, I, I always said, man. Daredevil would be an amazing show on HBO, R-rated, <laughs> so they can do it right. And you see what they've done. It's oh, not HBO, but right, Netflix. Right. And they've done it the right way yeah. as a result of you know being able to be gritty with it and dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Punisher, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I should have known that uh, that you were maybe a fan of the show. We, we, Me and Kevin are huge fans of that Daredevil show. I mean, but you've, you've heard those episodes, too. So you probably heard us raving, just like fanboying all <laughs> over the show. Yeah. That's right. I'm not yeah. just a guest homie. I'm also a patron. Hey, <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, you know. This, uh, this is going to be fun. Yes, it, yes, it is. Uh, after the podcast, I have to tell the story about how I asked uh, Elodie Young for a number. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, true story. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that that for me is super cool, Joe, because like I don't want to go too much off on Daredevil because uh, poor Matt didn't even make it to the cut for tonight's episode. Uh, <laughs> but one cool thing about Daredevil though, that I really appreciated that the show did was they brought in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Joe Casada was a really big part of the show. Like he was, uh, if not one of the one of the showrunners, then one of the writers or producers. He had a pretty big impact, and I think that really played a big part in that show's success. Yeah, as he should be. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, all right then. So, Joe. Um, we were just joking about this before the episode started uh, about how we were super excited to have you on for this episode because Secret Wars um, when it came out uh, me and Kevin really weren't in the, in the position mm. to, uh, to to read the book and to really enjoy it for what it was mm. uh, but you on the other hand you were at that prime market for it because uh, so, I'm old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're uh, he, you're seasoned. You're experienced. Exactly. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So reading this, uh, growing up as a kid, like uh, when you first put, did you read it from issue one, or did you start up maybe partway through it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I, I read it from issue one. Uh, like we were just saying, I was probably ten when this came out, uh, or nine and a half. And as I was just telling you guys, I uh, I read comics, but it was one of those. We're at the grocery store. Hey, Mom, let me grab Spider-Man or things like that. And then started venturing into the one comic book store here in town. And when I saw the cover here, and you see all these heroes on this one cover, it's like, wait a minute. This is a game changer. Even as a 10-year-old, I knew that. And that was one of the things that turned me, as I was telling you guys, from a kind of a casual reader into a collector. Uh, I I told my mom, you know, whatever I got to do, if I got to cut the grass, sweep the house, whatever, to get the, you know, dollar or whatever it costs, to get all these issues i'm gonna do it mm-hmm. hell yeah <laughs> that's dope uh i think for me it was spawn actually this the one that i saw uh i was going to like a flea market with my family one weekend and i saw this dope ass cover it's like oh, who is this guy and <laughs> i didn't know who it was thankfully my parents didn't know who it was so i was able to get a couple issues <laughs> and, then, and then that kind of started my my collecting and then it, it, it grew from there that's, that's how, that one right by him, huh? i was yes. about to say yeah that's how a lot of your fandom started as a kid <laughs> uh, explains a lot for for things of now mm. uh but uh actually joe uh one other thing really quick that i, I forgot to mention so that that's one thing that that's really special about you uh in comparison to the the other homies we've had on the podcast that you are a super comic book avid fan and reader mm-hmm. the other thing though is that you're also a fellow podcaster <laughs> yeah i am yes. yeah uh suplex and microphones man like i caleb was the first one to really introduce me to that one the the mutual homie caleb who's been on the podcast mm-hmm. uh and i was like damn this is really good because you were just interviewing like a lot of the uh, really, a lot of the high quality talent that's in this region, and it was really cool getting to know a lot of these guys. Because, you know, my experience with a lot of them was really just, you know, maybe in in locker rooms or in passing, maybe uh, a few times in the ring, but that's about it. But really getting to hear kind of how they started, man, really just kind of tugs at my heartstrings. Because, uh, how'd you get started with that? Uh, my podcast partner Nate Pritchard uh, shout out to him because he is the brains behind everything anything mm. technical all the computer stuff mm. I'm the guy that walks around smiles and shakes hands <laughs> he's the guy that yeah. downloads and edits so right, yeah. he's the one doing the real work uh, we were going to independent shows and really just kind of caught fire and we we said we want to do more 
we, we want to do more. We want we want people to know uh, more about these guys. Okay, they're, they're awesome. people too. And so we said, well, let's let's come up with a, a, some sort of format. And I was like, uh, nothing against your podcast, but I said, mm-hmm. I don't want to do audio. I want to do video. Yeah, let's, mm-hmm. let's separate ourselves a little bit by doing yeah. video. And uh, it'll be more it'll be more real, like a talk show. So that's kind of how I was pitching it to Nate. And so <laughs> people always ask us about the name, and uh, I came up with I think five or six different names. Mm-hmm. And the first one I read to Nate was. Suplex the microphones. He goes, "That's it." I was like, well, "You haven't heard the rest." <laughs> He's like, "No, that's it." And Nate six three two seventy. So I said, like, "Okay, fine." So yeah. suplex the microphones. It is. <laughs> yep. All right. And when uh, you know, you know. If anyone's not, and I don't want to plug too much because I want to talk about Secret Wars. But if mm-hmm. anyone has uh, not heard our program, it's a little bit different. We do talk about uh, the way people broke into the business and who trained them, things like that. But then we get into fun stuff. Uh, tell us if you could pick a superpower, what would it be? Okay. If uh, you were in a street fight and you could pick two independent wrestlers to have your back, who would they be? Okay. Mm, Things yes. like that. If yeah, you could, like if some fun actual get to know questions. Yeah. yeah. If, if your face was on a box of cereal, what cereal would you choose? <laughs> you know, so, so it's a little bit lighthearted. Right. But sometimes it takes a, a, a deeper turn. Uh, I remember the episode of Mr. Sleazy started talking about mm. he was planning to commit suicide. Prior to breaking in the business, and the business saved his life, gave him purpose. Wow, he's, he's and so, so good at the ring. So he he, yeah. he turned left on us on the uh, lighthearted stuff, yeah. but yeah, it made yeah. for a really really strong episode. Mm-hmm. But anyway, man. yeah, that's wow. impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's that's super dope, man. Yeah, that show is awesome, guys. Who plays some microphones? We're gonna plug it again, by the way. Uh, so be prepared. Uh, but no, I, I always thought the correlation though, between pro wrestling and comic books were really strong. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's. Um, it's just funny to observe that for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I've, most of the wrestling guys I've met, because Joe, as you probably know, I, I haven't really been in the wrestling scene too much. Uh, I'm friends with Q, and that's how I've met so many of you guys, just through going to shows and watching and whatnot. Right. But uh, nine times out of ten, I feel like I've been in part of comic book conversations with these fellows if they weren't already talking about wrestling with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's really where all the connection comes in for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll say this, and then we can get on to some Secret Wars. But it, mm-hmm. it really does seem to be a more viable thing with, like, I've noticed uh, with like uh, more of, of the wrestlers from like uh, my, my my group and and on down. Is that we're all really super nerds. I remember I was in a locker room one time, and then like uh, a, a wrestler from a uh, uh, who was a little bit older than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we're all talking about something, something so nerdy and geeky, and then and then he chimes in and goes, "Man, what is up with all you new you new youngers? You new green is always uh, so into the, this nerd shit." <laughs> and it was just, it was just funny to think about because it it's true. That's kind yeah. of one thing that that we all have in common. You yeah. know, it's just it, really cool that, that kind of correlation there. But learning that was a shock for me. Oh yeah, mm. what, mm. I, I learned about you, Anthony Henry, all these guys that had had their favorites mm. for comics and stuff. Oh yeah, like, oh, that's awesome. These guys are like me. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, Realistically, and you guys correct me or, or blaspheme me if I'm if I'm mistaken here, but I feel like wrestling is also a great um, a great real life application to feel like a hero sometimes. You know, where it's like you get to do and reenact the same shit you read and see them do, right? I mean, you, yeah. you get to do things that really do seem super super uh, abnormal, right? Uh, I mean, you're you're dressed up a lot of times in colorful outfits. Uh, you know, there's these loud personas. There's a lot of really strong similarities mm-hmm. that I, I, I love. 
Sometimes they're too strong. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I see what you did there. Oh, shit. Your persona uh, was more like a, a Hulk-esque being, and that was super fun. Yeah. Oh, All right. man. All right. But, yeah, so, uh, 1984, <laughs> Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. Uh, Joe, I, I got to know. So, you got the comic books. Did, did the toys have any influence on you, or were you able to get any of the toys as a kid? I had all of them. Really? Holy I had, shit. I had all the figures. I didn't have wow. like necessarily all the bases. The vehicles. Yeah, yeah. I had some of those. So, I, I was about to say, I did a lot of research on this, because I, I knew learning about this book... The, the history of the book is blatant. It's very open about its uh, forthcoming with the idea that, okay, this is made for Mattel and Marvel to work together to create a bunch of toys. They were I looked up the pictures of these action figures, too, to really get in there and really know it. And a lot of them were just, like, bicolored, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. Iron Man was yellow and red. No <laughs> complications. Captain America was red, white, and blue, and that's fuck all, you know? There were uh, action figures and, like, they they tried to make uh, vehicles and all kinds of cool shit, but you you had the figures. Yeah, that's awesome. And I had a few of the vehicles in uh, one of the bases or something, but I had every figure, uh, even the ones that came out that had nothing to do with the comic, like Daredevil. Yeah, it was mm, a Daredevil nice. Secret Wars figure, and uh-huh. it's like he, right. This guy's yeah. not on Battle World, but <laughs> <laughs> there was know, there was but, one for the Sharker too, if I remember correctly, and a, a couple of other yeah, villains that yeah. weren't in the book. Yeah, and then there was a UK set that came out, and the same thing happened there. That's right. Mm-hmm. Was Iceman in that set? Iceman, I believe, yeah. was yeah. in that set. And then, like, uh, Hobgoblin oh. was in either the U.S. or the U.K. one. And Hobgoblin's not in this either. So it was, it was really hmm. interesting. Mattel presents Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. Yes. And yeah. Apparently that they didn't make that last phone call about, okay, who's in the book again? <laughs> right. I know, right? Uh, so. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because Mattel and Marvel History both kind of claimed that that was an unsuccessful venture. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It seems like it kind of was in conversation here. Yeah. It was one of those things where, like, at least from my perspective, Joe, you can definitely correct me if I'm wrong here. But it, yeah, it, please. It, it seems like, uh, like Mattel really wanted that that kind of. They wanted the same thing that, like, what was the company called? Kenner had with like uh, with with DC because mm. they were killing it with the toys at that time. Mostly thanks to like the Superman movies. I think like maybe the Superman sequel had just come out. And so DC heroes at the time were super popular, and and Kenner had that deal with DC to make those toys, and those toys had like uh, more functions, like functions at the knees, and mm. and, and, and like uh, joint fun- functions, and they could do special things. And then Mattel, of course, most famously known for like the He-Man stuff, really wanted that same kind of success. But you know, with Marvel, uh, you know, they they were like, well, okay, we can do this. But Mattel said, we don't feel like your heroes at at that time are as popular as these DC heroes, so mm-hmm. it would be cool if we could do like a corresponding story to go with it. And, hey, our research shows that young boys like the word secret and war. Yeah, yeah. That... <laughs> so let's kind of make a story around it here. How strange that the story ended up kind of uh, surpassing uh, the, the toys, or at least sort of scenes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I would fully agree with that, you know? Um... Yeah, they... Uh... They actually cut back on the second run of figures because their mm. first run didn't sell as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the comic did better than the figures in a way, even though the comic was supposed to boost the figures. <laughs> Which is ironic, you know. There's a type of poetry about that, you know. Um, I don't know that. I, I gotta say, I'm grateful for it because Marvel kind of accidentally turned this into a pivotal stepping stone for them and their writing structure and their company overall. 
So for them, it was like, yeah, well, let's venture into toys. That makes sense. Let's make money with this. Oh, wait a minute. We found a gold vein here. Let's, let's keep digging, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it turned out to be a gold vein, but I guess this is also one of those things where in retrospect, it seems that Marvel looks back and they're like, people still really want these toys. And now, obviously, they're hard to find. Mm, yeah. And uh, they're they're worth a whole lot more than what they were back then because they're hard to find. Uh, and, and, and they're just rare, but... That begs the question. Do you still have any? I wish. Ah, damn it. <laughs> That's why we brought you here, Joe. No. I, I check eBay every now and then just to see okay. the ones that are still in the package, see what they're going for. And like you said, it's, it's astronomical. Do you know any oh, of the yeah. recent prices, just for an example? I can't remember off the oh, okay, top of my okay. head. But I mainly search for the same, like my favorite ones, like mm-hmm. Magneto. Oh, okay. Uh, who's actually uh, one of the more common ones. So he's actually hmm. lower priced than some of the others. Hmm. Okay. Not... Interesting. Not cheap, but right. a little lower than some of the others. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I imagine Doctor Doom and Iron Man would be more valuable because they had to be edited in the comic and their appearance. So this would be technically you could sell this as like, oh, unique uh, armored Iron Man and unique mm. armored Doctor Doom, because that was like some other side notes. It's like, oh, their armor it doesn't look like it doesn't. <laughs> we don't prove it. It needs to look like this type of thing. Yeah, they wanted something modern that looked uh, looked like it had some electronical type things. They yeah, more it, technical. They, they thought yeah. it looked too much like uh, a couple of knights with you know sword and shield mm. type knights. Okay, okay. So because yeah. then yeah, all the all the heroes at least in the first edition came with shields, right? And then all the villains came with like. Uh, also, like square shields, but the heroes came with like circle ones. That's absolutely right. The, oh. the heroes had circle shields, and the villains had squares. That's unique. <laughs> yeah. Damn, cool. it, it was it was such, such an interesting concept. Uh, it was fun though, like looking up at Mattel and like and seeing what their their process was because, hmm. like, just seeing how everything went down with them because it was like their their plan was so much bigger than uh, than like Kerners who did the the DC superhero toys. And so, because Mattel's was so much bigger, their industry was like it was cheaper for them to just have like one or two molds. And so that's why all the heroes were like kind of shaped the same, and why yeah, we didn't get like yeah. a Hulk or a Thing or like any female heroes because we needed that that base outline. Uh, I just thought that was super fucking interesting. Mm. Yeah, so I really dug that though. And it's cheaper too. Cheaper, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we can go ahead and get into the story here now, guys. Let's do it. Yeah. So the meat of this story really begins when this disc-like or or circular-like object appears and superheroes all around are drawn to it. Uh, And and depending on which edition you have, you can even read some of, uh, of the issues from their corresponding stories, seeing them being drawn to this thing and then... Even people as smart as Reed Richards, by the time he figures it out, it's too late. Right. Uh, you're drawn into it, and then you're teleported. Um, now, this was the the first for a lot of things here. One, it was like the first super mega event that Marvel Comics has ever had. Yep. This is the OG. And secondly, this was also the time that we see uh, a lot of other firsts, uh, one of which... Uh, we're introduced to, to Battle World, where all the heroes and villains are teleported to. They're placed here. Uh, but then we also hear this booming voice who they dub the Beyonder. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're kind of, I want to kind of talk about like everybody's first thoughts about the Beyonder here, like when we first kind of heard of this character. 
Uh, Joe, what, what what were you kind of thoughts on the Beyonder? Like, cause it's just the NXT as a whole in this arc. I mean, it seemed very godlike. Mm-hmm. Um, the heroes and villains watching like wipe out a galaxy. He's yeah. just basically showing off. Like, look, this is what I can do. Now you believe me? Let's talk about why you're here. Mm-hmm. So he he definitely was way more powerful than anybody that was there watching watching him put on the performance. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true, man. Um. My first interpretation, I'm not going to lie, because um, I had only brisked uh, Secret Wars a little bit prior to the episode here. I, I, I read it through, don't get me wrong. This was like my first time thoroughly going through the entire thing and like preparing for it with a podcast mentality. Um, first time I ever read them back in the day, though, I had the idea that I, I imagined the Beyonder comedically, you know, in a light of like, uh, this is just a fascinated fanboy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a god who's just like, oh, man, I got all my superheroes. I'm going to make them play together. You know? Yeah. I just imagine, like, this god sitting uh, in his own throne in his own just insurmountable space, controlling all these tiny figures that are essentially our heroes as we know them. But then his his godmother comes in. Honey, we got to go to dinner. Put your figures down. Come on, we got to go eat. Mom, I'm playing with my stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was uh he was Cosmic Space Cartman, you know, like <laughs> uh, to a degree. I yeah. guess, Mah. Yeah. Uh, I cannot do a Cartman voice. Never mind. I don't, I won't even try. But no, that was uh for, for me it was a, a little a little unfair and a little jarring because actually I read Secret Wars 2 uh, first, and then I read Secret Wars mm. one. I just kind of read what I could get my hands on as a kid. Yeah, you know, and uh, so I was like, "Who is who is this man?" And like, and, <laughs> and, and all white, just kind of living the life here. Like, who he has no idea what's going. Is he is he strong? Is he? Oh, he is. <laughs> uh, oh, is he a god? Oh, yeah. oh, what do you know? Yeah, why is everybody having this adverse reaction to him? What's what's happening here? Uh, and so that was super interesting to kind of read it from there, and then and then later on, like maybe I would say a, a year or two later, is when I read Secret Wars one mm. for okay. the first time, and I was like, oh, this is the same person, holy shit! Uh, and so just kind of seeing him there, and there's some other issues like, you know, the, his whole mentality, man, is that he he really is like. Uh, like the richest spoiled kid in the world because he can have whatever he wants. Like there was yeah. one uh I read this as a teenager. I don't remember Joe, maybe you do, but he had uh planned uh, a coordinated attack where that the Hulk attacks him every time at this time of day and uh, the hero's like, "Holy shit, the Hulk just came out of fucking nowhere and just and just pummeled this guy." He's like, "Oh no, it's fine. I forgot about this." Yeah. And then he just kind of whisked him away. It was just a weird thing that he does. Uh, so, yeah, to be honest, one of those crazy cosmic characters. I can only think of like maybe one that's that's above him. Um, and, and in my opinion, that'd be like the one above all. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any other ones who would be above him as far as power. Unless you got something in mind that I don't know about. No, I don't. The Secret Wars 2 is corny. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. fact that you read that and then yes. went back to read Secret I know, Wars right? 1, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you were doing that day, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Um, but so, you know, we spoke about how this is the first big mega event. Mm-hmm. The first time that we see pretty much so many heroes and villains in one place at one time and with one single focus. First ever crossover. 
first ever one for Marvel. This was this was big. What's the first good one? Y'all count uh, Contest of Champions or no? Oh, uh, only the video game mm. on my phone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the mobile game. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, did you read that one, Joe? Contest of Champions? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, wow. Oof. That rough? Yeah, it's just, it's weird. Mm. And, and, and nothing came of it, whereas Secret Wars... There's Lots still things of stuff happening came out of it. Yeah. as a result of what happened in Secret Wars. Contest yeah. Champions was like this offshoot, and then they got done. They're like, you know what? This sucked. Forget, <laughs> forget this happened, guys. Forget this happened. Yeah, Go yeah. back to what you're doing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, it's funny um, because we, we speak about how as far as like uh, what's popular now, and superheroes are close to the top of the list, if not at the very top of what's popular in media. Yeah. Uh, you know, be, before 2012, I think there was an argument that could be made that uh, that uh, Darkseid was more well known than Thanos. But after 2012, that changed instantly. And then, of course, uh, Thanos became the, the most well known superhero villain of all time. Yeah. Uh, but now you think about it, like, and like people look at Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War with such reverence. Uh, I hope that we can kind of get that same reverence and respect with Secret Wars, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, you know, to uh, to the Russos yeah, or Kevin you, Feige. Or you read my mind, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if if Marvel revisits the idea of that project or even has the balls to touch and make that thing a legitimate project, Russos, mm-hmm. yeah. all in. Uh, and then we're going to talk about this later, but we're going to th- we're going to always sling around some some ideas and theories, whether we want to or not, about how <laughs> this could be uh, done, how this can be accomplished. Um, but no, so yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Put 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 that uh, that podcasting thinking cap on. Mm. <laughs> Plop. You need to, you need to be honored to come in and make this happen because otherwise, I don't know. This, <laughs> yeah. this is this is way bigger than mm-hmm. Infinity War in game. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. bigger. Yeah. Without yeah, uh, a doubt, it is, and not just because the first, but because of what we're dealing with here as a whole. Uh, like for example, just kind of move on here with the story, as um, you know, as the Beyond is kind of introducing himself, and we see all the heroes and villains and whatnot. One of the first things that happens is Galactus flies up to challenge the Beyonder, mm-hmm. uh, and for like a kind of a win-win situation for Galactus, either A, um, I beat this clown and I can go home, or B. <laughs> Uh, I can confront him because maybe he does have the power to give me what I want, which is to get rid of this just everlasting hunger. Uh, so either way, Galactus is thinking, this is a win for me. And Dr. Doom's like, me too. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, riding those curtains. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But for me, as soon as I saw Galactus get smacked down, it's kind of when I knew that this is no one to be trifled with. Uh, kind of. What, what was everyone's thoughts on seeing this happen to Galactus and and kind of seeing the situation here play out? Uh, I was more impressed with how greedy Doom was the whole the whole twelve issues actually, <laughs> and starting starting right here. Basically, mm-hmm. he's trying to creep and get some information, yeah. and I'm gonna learn something. There's secrets. There's power. I gotta find out. Oh yeah. Um. um real quick, just off the cuff here, guys, because homies, you know I'm going to you know, definitely take careful footnotes of like the writing style and the dialogue and how it's exchanged between these characters um, and the usage of said characters. Doom had a special attention throughout this book, you know? Inarguably so. Some could even further argue the point that this was almost, you know, 
uh, a four or five character centered story, Doom being one of those big pivotal characters. But I'm not going to dare talk about that in, in high detail. But Doom, nonetheless, yeah, he's there. Um, I, I loved some of the dialogue exchanged here, especially uh, all these characters are so like monologue heavy you know mm. doom is just like very explicative towards himself like oh yes i will i will follow behind galactus no one will know i'm going and i will be able to have the power to be honored for myself like who the fuck talks like that <laughs> i i loved it for its goofiness but at the same time uh experiencing doom just like do 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 i'm gonna be the little buzzard flying behind galactus let's hope everything oh fuck he got <laughs> shot down what yeah. On that same note, if you decide to play a drinking game, every time it says "I am doomed," yes, you won't make it past issue five. <laughs> Just letting y'all know. I was th- I was That's about tempting. to say that. Yeah, I was about to say that same thing, Joe, because like it, it's pretty common amongst villains, you know, at that time frame as a whole. Yeah. yeah. But with with Doom in particular. <laughs> Like yeah, you're right. Every time he says "I am Doom" or every time he just references himself, mm-hmm. he he loves his fucking name. He does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, the guy's got a cool name. He does. He does. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and, and also, I'll go ahead and put this out there: Doom is my favorite character in this story. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He, yeah he, what he, about Magneto? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out that he arrived with the heroes. He did. Mm-hmm. He did. And we, ha- we need to talk about why do we believe that is. Because we've already talked about how Beyonder organized his playthings, these heroes mm-hmm. and villains. And he said, okay, you guys are on this station, you're on this station. Here's a planet I'm kind of creating for you. And now you're all here together. Here's a bunch of alien random shit technology. Good luck. But Magneto was teamed up with the, with the heroes. Why? The Beyonder, what his biggest motivation was, was to learn about humans' desire. Okay. And it was based on their desires to which side they're on. Magneto's desires are pure. He wants mutants to rise up. He wants to protect mutants. So So mass murdering a lot of people for his purpose, (laughs) he still has that pure intent. So that's why he's with them. So so arguably it's pure versus impure motives. Like our pure versus selfish motives, we could even say. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, I could make an argument and say... <laughs> You're going to play advocate? Yeah. <laughs> I could play devil's advocate and say, well, what about what about Galactus? I mean, he he feeds with, with you know, uh, I wouldn't even say ill intent, but more like, well, sorry, guys. If it's going to be you or me, then I'm going to get mine. Uh, I mean, so it, 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 it could be argued because Galactus, for a couple of reasons, stands out obviously hmm. uh one because with him being on any team it's automatically lopsided you know as far as power goes uh so thankfully galactus kind of went off on his own and had his own kind of game plan but but also uh just looking at like the the motives here my thought also about magneto was um maybe it was the fact that uh uh, yeah, what you said, Joe. Like he he did he does have pure intentions because he wants what's best for his people and mutant kind. But it was also kind of interesting because uh, as we see, what quickly happens is that there's kind of a break between the mutants and the other Avengers and Fantastic Four. Right. Like we we almost get um, the four armies. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You got the uh, Marvel Studios and you got Fox. <laughs> 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 so. God damn, yeah, that, 
that, that's true. That's true. And then a merger happened, and they, they they absolved everybody. And, yeah. and Hulk was over there on Legendary by Hulk. himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if back to what you're saying about Galactus, mm-hmm. I think the difference between Magneto and Galactus, if we're talking about that, is mm-hmm. Magneto is looking out for him. Excuse me, Galactus is looking out for himself. Very it's true. even proven in um, which episode is it? I think it's episode one. The Avengers are like, we're not hanging out with Magneto. And they're ready to fight yeah. the X-Men. He goes, you mm-hmm. know what? Nobody's spilling mutant blood on my behalf. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. And no, he dipped. He found a fortress like 200 miles away. Whereas, yeah. what would Galactus do? Try me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> True. Galactus would look at you and then look away. And then you try to do something. And then Galactus power. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, you mentioned something earlier that I also mm. kind of want to um, talk about a little bit. And that okay. is about like the, the heavy monologuing. Uh, and, yes. and because that that is a thing, and like um, this was uh, this may have been shortly before uh, I started the podcast, or before we started the podcast. Well, one of the things I was looking up, though, okay, okay, because uh, I, I was really curious just to see like kind of like the, a lot of the history behind modern comics. Yeah, and one thing I realized was that the reason for that, for a lot of the heavy monologuing, is because these comics were hand drawn. And so because these comics were hand-drawn, what you could really do and put in a comic was was different than what you can do today. Uh, and because of that, like, you had to you had to use a lot of your dialogue space in comparison to what you do today. Okay, so yeah. a technical standpoint. I, I imagine this yeah. such, but that, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, because, um, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of heavy monologue. Yeah, and, yeah. and to, to present-day comic fans who visit the past and who weren't exposed to it primarily, it, it comes off as goofy. It comes off as overly wordy even, you know, um, flawed, if mm. you will. But at the time, that wasn't flawed. Or it might have been called goofy, but no one accepted it as such, you know. I, I, I might be speaking just from my experience here, so forgive me if I am, but... Um, yeah, it, it's it's noticeable, mm. and so I wonder how many fans are going to revisit this and call it, oh, that's dope, or that's historical, monumental, or oh, that's weird, that's problematic, that causes friction with what I call good, you know, mm. or I just don't call that good, you know, something like that. I think uh, one of the other things they do as well, and y- and y'all know that if if you've read this one time, mm-hmm. every time they're in a monologue, what are they explaining? what their powers are, what they can do. Oh, That's for new yeah. readers. So if you have a book like this that has 21 heroes, yeah. and this guy was reading Spider-Man only, he doesn't mm-hmm. know what the Fantastic Four can do. Right. So when you know, Human Torch so is explaining his powers, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, now I got what that guy's doing. Yeah. So it's kind of helping the, everybody yeah. catch up, get to the same level and experience it. It's uh, playing the part of exposition. Yeah. Exactly. Because I, I, I will joke with you guys real quick. I, I have never been so fucking tired of the Hulk saying, oh, this is such a heavy challenge, but not for me, obviously, because I'm the Hulk. <laughs> like, oh, fuck off. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's yeah. adorable, but yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, honestly, I also think that the Hulk was, was almost written purposely, at least in this sense, to mm-hmm. kind of come off as like a... Yeah. Uh, um, almost exhausted. Rigid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because he was... I mean, like, uh, I guess just kind of dovetail, like, every hero at least gets their one shining moment. Hulk has one of my favorite moments when he mm. holds up the mountain, yeah. saving all the heroes in the process. We need to talk about that. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that yes. that was one of the biggest points of the book, you know? Mm-hmm. That made cover art. Yeah. 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 It, uh, issue four. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the, my biggest problem with Endgame. <laughs> 
He held up a couple of uh, those couple boulders and debris. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he struggled with that little bit. Yes. The issue four. The cover says 150 billion tons. Mm-hmm. Right. So and, and let's let's visit that. Yep. Yeah. Reed Richards starts antagonizing him yes. to make him angry so he can keep it up while yeah. he's you know trying to get everybody's gadgets together to yeah. blast their way out of there. Yeah. So Web shooters got, and Hawkeye in game. You got Rocket Raccoon, one of the most annoying mm-hmm. characters of all, <laughs> and they're trying to save him in War Machine, mm-hmm. right? They could have easily used this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let Hulk, because did the Hulk have a moment in Endgame? No. No. Oh, no. His moment was losing his arm in the snap. That, in the snap. Who yeah. cares? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I really wish, I really wish Endgame would have used something similar to that in that situation. I think it would have played perfectly. Mm. And I'm with given, you on that. Would have given him a, at least a feature in the three-hour movie. At yeah. least given us some of the Hulk, rather than you know Mark Ruffalo Hulk. You know, right. yeah, uh, Eric Crombie and Finch Hulk. Oh uh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I called him Zoloft Hulk because he was like this the whole time. Like he was on steady dose of Zoloft, <laughs> giving tacos away, just yeah. like still riding the medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, everything's good. We're fine. Mm-hmm. We're fine. No, that you're absolutely right though, because yeah. that would have been that would have been a great moment for him. Um, you kind of wonder if they at least toured with the idea because they put the situation there for a reason, you know. I mean, the Russos are obviously aware of the story. I'm 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 wondering if someone shot it down, or if they if they deemed it worthy to bring up. Who knows? You know, I wish they did because well, that that's a powerful point you've made, man. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I guess like the the biggest kind of thing that bothers me about it all is. Like you said, Joe, like they could have put it in the movie and it wouldn't have changed anything. Like in not not in like as far as affecting anything else, it would have given Hulk his moment though. Exactly. It would have been better received than the femme fatale, like weird forced scene that we all had to sit through, right. you know? Yeah. 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 Girl yeah. Power. yeah. 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 Um yeah. there's ways you do certain things, and there's ways that Oh yeah. oh yeah, stuff like that is modern day monologuing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when I, if we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. that, when I discuss this girl power scene, this mm-hmm. in game, yeah, and the way it was forced, I don't have a problem with the scene. I got a problem mm-hmm. with the way it was forced. Like we were just saying, they had they had a girl power thing in Infinity uh, War. They did, yep. and it was subtle and still made its point. You mm-hmm. know, I already know what I'm talking about Koye, Scarlet Witch, and um, and uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Yep. So, like right in the Battle of Wakanda, like said, hell yeah. There's a way to do things that gets the point across. This yeah. just jamming it down your eyes. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, we've said the exact same thing. We did. In yeah. so many times, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, it was just, you know, because you... It, it's almost like this. Like, even if, if this book, you know, from, from the, the 80s didn't didn't try to force anything in that type of direction mm. i guess really what i'm getting at is that you know with that scene in, in endgame like i was damn near in tears at certain points yeah uh and i guess just the fact that like once we went there it kind of took me out of the moment because yeah it wasn't even so much of like i want them to have their time i do it was more of a thing of uh how how did, could this feasibly happen Mm-hmm. during this monumentous occasion it's like you're too distracted thinking of the logistics behind the scene rather than actually experiencing and living in it right. and it's like okay no 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 th- this is too fucked up for me and then when it finally ended we're back in it it's like oh, okay now now i'm comfortable mm-hmm. back in the story yeah but you're spot on yeah. yeah almost as ridiculous as uh captain marvel just tanking a punch from thanos 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> that reminds me. Uh, so we have the bowl of all sorts in front of us that you see here, right? <laughs> Do you remember? Have you heard the rules on the all sorts? Uh, no. Nope. So anytime we, that we... Uh, how would you describe it, Q? That we talk trash, uh, that we unne- shit on, property? unnecessarily we, shit on a character or is. property or movie, which yeah. uh, we have previously shat on exceedingly. If we continue to do so, mm-hmm. or if we uh, do so again without a you know without a purpose, essentially without a point to drive home, then we have to eat an all sort, and that is a punishment because it is a nasty ass candy. It is so bad. But you said unnecessarily. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. But we have necessarily... <laughs> I hate Captain Marvel movie too, guys. Y'all know that. Amen. Hey, hey. That rule's on mm-hmm. us. So you do what you gotta yeah. do. <laughs> you know, so... I feel of, no guilt. There you I'm go. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just uh, speaking of Captain Marvel really quick, I think mm-hmm. that this is also a really cool lesson for like a lot of the homies out there. And we talked about this briefly, actually, in the Captain Marvel review we did, yeah. which is... Kara Danvers isn't even... She's not the second Captain Marvel. Mm-mm. She ain't even the first female Captain Marvel. Mm-mm. No, it's, it's I mean... It's Monica Rambeau. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, my girl. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's my she's Marvel. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame that they made her a little kid who was a Kara Danvers fangirl. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I mean... No, I'm sorry. I was about, I was about to get off on something. Nope. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm already losing. I've had to have two, and Q's had to have one at this point. Yeah. It's, so, it's, yeah, at this point, we, you're going to eat one. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's worth it. Uh, <laughs> sometimes but, the toll is worth it. Yeah, okay. Some, yeah, it's worth the price of admission sometimes. You, you know what you're doing. Um, but no, so uh, let's talk about some other really big highlight moments from this book that, that kind of stands out to us because mm. there's a couple moments in this book that are my absolutely favorite. And then I kind of want to, of course, because uh, I want the homies to read this, read this themselves. Yeah. And then I want to kind of talk about the ending and kind of what we think of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so throughout this book, there's several really big moments that happen in here. Um, and, and, and please, guys, feel free to uh, to insert, insert yours because I want to talk about all these you know, excellent moments that stand out. Uh, but so we, we talked about the fall of Galactus. And for me, you know, especially as a kid, because all I knew of Galactus was he was the world eater. Mm-hmm. You see Galactus and, well, sorry about your planet. Uh, you can cancel Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to see him fall, for me, that was a, a huge thing because I had mm-hmm. never seen that before. Not like that. Uh, so that was one. We talked about the Hulk holding up the mountain. For me, that was another one. I, I that love was, that. That was moment. a big time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Joe, I love how you also mentioned the fact that Reed Richards did him being the smart man he is, antagonizing the Hulk, and then stringing all that shit together. Uh, you know, Iron Man's one like one some of his tech and Hawkeye's arrow and with the webs uh, shooters and and blasting a hole through there. And <laughs> it is kind of funny though, just thinking about how Thor is and other stuff. Like, hey guys, uh, what's going on? You about to suffocate down there? <laughs> I got you back. Um, but no, but what are some of you guys' other favorite moments that takes place between some of the, the bigger moments? Uh, you're pointing at me. Yeah. I just want to point out that Wolvie comes at Cap three separate times yes, in, this, mm-hmm. in this 12 issue series. That and was it the took last me a one while. I, yes. It took me a while to realize that he came at it. He even threw the Nazis and Jews thing at him mm-hmm. yeah. near the end of the book. And I'm just like, dude, he was there. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, he, he he said 
when they were trying to choose a leader, he said, he's the least of us. Mm-hmm. Call Cap the least of us. And then Thor said, hey, I'm a god. I'll follow this guy into mm-hmm. the gates of hell. Thor, uh, Wolverine shut up after that. But he, he called him Flagman. You, you don't know what mm-hmm. you're talking about, Flagman, stuff like that. I just thought it was interesting because who wouldn't want to see them two fight it out? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I actually their their argument was was on my list, especially like the like the last big fight in the resolution, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it it came down to an argument of of Wolverine kind of defending Magneto. You know, like you've never fought for mutants, Cap. Like you said that you fight you fight for you fight, you say you fight for Americans or you fight for human race, but you don't fight for mutants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I kind of love that argument because I mean Cap and Wolverine both spoke their truths in that moment. No, they did. Yeah. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite moments uh, mm. in this graphic novel. Um, overall, just encompassing whenever the mutants kind of like started to stem away and do their own thing, and it became what you know was known as the the Cap faction or Captain America's little junction that he had the Avengers in it essentially, and we had the mutants over here, and and there was a lot of strange controversy and subplots in the mutant stuff that. Um, almost pulls you away from the story the overarching actual secret war story but it was still really cool to see a witness for instance uh one, one moment i you know remember here was a storm kind of having a hissy fit with xavier like hey look i thought you wanted me to lead the team here it seems like you're kind of taking over the mantle and xavier in so many words was like bitch please i'll erase your memories to make you follow me mm-hmm. you know and it's like wait what the fuck that's re- that's that's weird for Xavier. He got you know? some working legs, yeah. and he was just exactly. oh, he yeah. was he was back at. He's like, oh fuck yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm the leader. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of especially like in the uh, in the Chris Claremont run. There's a lot of moments where Professor X is just on his bullshit, mm. uh, where he really gets like a bug up his ass and, and kind of acts like that. Like goddamn, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, that that Cap moment was uh, the Captain Wolverine moment was a phenomenal moment. Yeah, uh, I, I think that maybe was um, it, it was some of the most resonating stuff in the book uh, because it can be applied to a lot of different things. Um, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, uh, another one of my favorite moments. Obviously, we have to talk about this, and I don't know if Jim Shooter and Mattel knew the results of this, but we have to talk about the black suit. Oh yeah, yeah. We have to talk about Spider Man getting his new threads, his new digs. Uh, Joe, let, let me ask you, especially in particular, when when you read this uh, originally, um, did did you think anything of this? Did you think that something bigger was going to come of this suit? Like, what what were your thoughts when you first read of the suit? Obviously, I don't think anybody knew yeah. it would become mm-hmm. what it eventually became. Um, but I, I love the suit when I saw it. Of course, you kind of got teased with that with Spider-Woman because that's mm-hmm. where it came into his mindset. Right, yeah. so the, the second Spider-Woman. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. exactly the first time you saw that or mm-hmm. a form of that. But yeah, when, when he put it on, I loved it. Um, I was one of the few. At least that's what they thought. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure y'all have read into that a little bit. Marvel oh, yeah. was like, we got to get out of this. We got to mm-hmm. get Because back then, mm-hmm. there wasn't emails. There wasn't leaks. These guys would yeah. sit around. <laughs> yeah. These guys, Marvel and DC would sit around and talk about it. And mm-hmm. when word got out, Letters started flowing in saying, you can't do this. That's not Spider-Man. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so they were ready to go apologize and do all this. And they went to some of the major comic stores, like in L.A. and stuff. Mm. And they were sold out of all the books that had yes. like Spider-Man. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hit the pause button. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we're making money. You know, don't worry about the black suit. Worry about the green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah. I, I think this was like the first major costume t- change that Spidey's ever had, though. Oh no, it was yeah. uh, actually. If you look at um, if you look at the prices of collectible comic books, uh, especially the Secret Wars series, the whole series itself is super valuable. But issue number eight, where they had the cover of Black Suit Spider-Man just posing there wearing what we didn't know at the time was a symbiote, what they never, what they never even proclaimed was a symbiote, that was life-changing. You know, mm-hmm. that was one of the insurmountable things that Marvel just barely tapped into during the story. Um, yeah, I, I don't, and like you said, dude, I'm pretty sure none of them foresaw like the cool ass creative shit they're gonna come up with for this you know yeah i guess yeah how, how could you no uh but it is crazy just to think that like from from toys came this exactly right that that's <laughs> that's like the strange barbaric thought like wait what the fuck mm-hmm. you know yeah 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 uh so yeah let's talk about uh i want to talk about owen reese molecule manson mm-hmm. yeah uh, so I had only read just very little about uh, Molecule Man, um, other than Secret Wars. Like, other than this, like, I just know, like, uh, I, I read like some of his stuff with Fantastic Four, like, how he, he essentially was a loser, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and then he was a lab assistant, uh, you know, fucked up, got some superpowers, <laughs> you know, you know, that this is how it happens sometimes. Sometimes, that's, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and one of the first things he did was like he he fucking went at his boss because his boss was like I don't even know you but you're fired. This uh, <laughs> <laughs> boss, I mean, and so like Owen Reese was always a down on his luck kind of guy, and then to become a guy who gets these kind of powers, you know, that kind of plays with your psyche. And then on top of that, Doctor Doom being the bug in his ear, I thought was perfect. Yeah, yeah. That was that was really cool because they they do a good job of leading up to it. Like I, I remember, like the villain base. Whenever we first discovered their little cool nifty home base that the Beyonder gave to them, Doctor Doom was like, "Here, Molecule Man, let me let me walk you through the halls." And and you know the Wrecking Crew is just like, "Why does he get special treatment?" You know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. He saved the King Suite for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, Doom was making moves this whole time, not just with rebuilding Ultron. And kissing Molecule Man's butt, he also set up and created two new, yes, <laughs> two new uh, powers to help them: Volcana and Titania. Right? Yep. Is that how y'all would say Titania? Uh, I'll say Titan. Ti- Titania. Titania. Yeah. Titania. Titania, like Titan. Yeah. But she was apparently stronger than the Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So he was making moves in every book. You saw him do something yeah. towards his game. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the moves that I was most impressed by whenever I read this uh, in my big detailed one here. He got Ultron to be his servant. Mm-hmm. He made Ultron just a very power, like OP lackey. You know, yeah. holy fuck, dude! I mean, he he was able to jumpstart uh, uh, like a, just a dead Ultron cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also and also with Doctor Doom, like he from the very beginning, he tried to talk to the other villains, like, "Hey, we shouldn't play into the Beyonder's hand here. Like, we need to find another way." We maybe even reluctantly have to work with these heroes, and they're like, "Nah, fuck that." And he was like, "I'm gonna try to build it on your head." And <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, like you said, he's been making moves this entire time, though. Uh, I also want to talk about with uh, with Molecule Man really quick. Uh, uh, he he had a little a uh, little fling go on here, um, mm. and for 
you know, like, because I had forgotten about the fling, you know, until I reread it. Like, I had forgotten about his his uh, his fling with the, uh, uh, it was a uh, Titania. No, it was Volcano. It was Volcano? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I had forgotten about that. Uh, I got that written down wrong, one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I was like, there's no way, like, she's playing him too. She's got to be playing him. Mm. She's not playing him. Uh, she really digs this guy. I mean, like this, this is this is a, a, a Owen Reese could be like an anthem for uh, for 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 shy guys all across the globe because uh, he, his come up game was strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I did want to talk about like his power set here though because he does have the power to manipulate molecule, uh, molecules, which is just as op as it sounds. Uh, because of him, they're able to get Galactus' attention at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of him, uh, I mean, he's the one that essentially is able to drop that fucking mountain. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Because if you listen to the context of that, oh, dude, did you read the page where they threw a mountain on the team? <laughs> the context of that is absurd. Like, wait, what the fuck? You know? But, yeah, Molecule Man, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's showing out for her the whole time, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Just, let me let me impress her. Uh, right. Yes, here's a big ass rock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that's kind of something that's really cool that happens throughout this book is that th- everybody kind of has their moments. Yeah, uh, I was thinking that. Yeah. Villains and heroes alike. Like for example, Spider Man gets a couple. Obviously, the the black suit, but even before that, he shuts down the X Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of this moment here? He made him look bad. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. He did. Yeah. I, I was, I was mad impressed at Spidey being able to take down the team and just like, okay, I still gotta go. He also took out Titania. That he did by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's throwing around you know, forty ton boulders and and steel beams, and he just drops her. And in fact, he even pointed out, you know, you're talking tough until somebody's stronger than you again. Right. <laughs> and he throws out the window. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth, though. Uh, but particularly his scene with the X-Men, because, uh, you know, this comic book characters can do whatever the writers have them do. Right. You know, and uh, because like on paper, you would think, well, Nightcrawler could, should on paper be able to at least give them some problems. Uh, not in the strength department, but in the agility and in the speed and mm-hmm. in the obviously the teleportation department at least something right but, but even kurt's not able to do anything um they're all made to look like fools and I, I love the conclusion of that though he goes to reed richards like reed i forgot what the hell i was thinking yep because <laughs> <laughs> of course to catch it all as xavier he's just like really guys really okay fuck the, you know yeah well he slapped xavier on his way in that was the mm-hmm. first guy he took out because yeah. i think he knew or maybe it was just convenient mm-hmm. if it wouldn't been for that xavier could have shut him down from jump yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, would have been would have been rough on him. Um, but no. So uh, let's also really quick. I want to talk about um, the lizard man too because he was another one of the quiet ones that kind of stood out to me. Hmm. Uh, because you have this like, you look at the power set of the villains. You know, you have absorbing man. I mean, first of yeah, all, the entire yeah. wrecking crew they go toe to toe with Thor on a regular basis. Hmm. Like they're powerful. Uh, you have uh, you know uh, Titania and Volcano, you know who who are uber powerful from the from the jump. Doctor Doom, obviously Ultron, Galact- like all these super powered right. people. 
Uh, and then you have like, I mean, Doc Ogg, even though he's not that super powerful, he has a brilliant mind. He does, yeah. But then it's amazing have... how many villains have doctorates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you do all that studying and all that preparation, and then they pay you like shit, and they don't give you the respect you deserve. And, and you have too many student loans out from when you were trying to go to med school. Yes. I mean, fuck. Yeah, what, what, what's the man to do? What's the doctor to do? Huh? Uh, but no, Lizard Man, um, he stood out to me too, just because... Um, with his entire arc here, or with his his mini arc, hmm. uh, I mean, he's just a lizard person. Like his whole thing is, I I'm not trying to, uh, I I don't really care whether or not either of my allies or my enemies what happens to them. But if you treat me right, I'm I'll treat you right. Hmm. And that's kind of his entire thing going on here. And so it just became interesting here that his thing at the end was, we could just get uh, Dr. Kirk Connors back, like. There is no lizard. We get Dr. Kirk Connors coming back in and, and kind of realigning himself with the good guys, at least for this moment. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of a cool thing, how everything he went through just kind of led him to uh, getting zapped, but then coming back as just good old Kirk. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was interesting how many things happened um, to our main cast that definitely like altered them on a dramatic, we never saw that coming scale, you know? Like, he getting turned to human temporarily, if only temporarily. The thing becoming human again temporarily. Or, you know, I meant what I said. Yeah. Becoming human. <laughs> and then uh, Xavier walking. You know, there, there are a lot of miraculous things happening around them. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. And, and the story is just kind of impressive to me for that. Um, yeah. just, just a random thought I had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about Zaji a little bit and how... Colossus is a cheating son of a bitch. He was uh, right. <laughs> well, you you have to uh, make sure they're not pressing charges back at home for child molestation with Kitty Pryde. I was, I was, so yes, yes. This may yeah. have been Marvel's way to kind of uh-huh. let's work around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's got gray hair. Right. There's no question here. Yeah. <laughs> if this is like the opposite of like 16 year old Kitty Pride right uh, back yeah. at home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that was super weird how they, they, they went that way in the beginning. Like, it's okay uh, now that they're both consenting adults. You yeah. Know, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so we get the side character, Zaji, and uh, and her whole thing is like she's, she's a super healer, basically. Yep. Uh, I, I got I to yes. make a comment on, on her... Uh, dialogue i'm doing air quotations because it's just the squiggles it's squiggles that's all it is it's just like okay scratch the paper and pin together real quick see what happens yep that's good i like it produce it (laughs) this was like it was like the the superhero alien version of a uh better ending pocahontas story almost except zaji still dies because you have this foreigner. Wait, who's John Smith? Yeah. Uh, what? I, I would say Human Torch. Uh, you have because okay. you have this foreigner uh, in, in this in the terms of uh, of Zaji, and okay. uh, she's a good person. She had, she and her people are good people. Mm. Um, now, in the terms of the movie Pocahontas, John Smith is, he may be a pretty good guy, but all the other people that look like John Smith aren't necessarily so. Right. Uh, and, so. and this is according to the Disney movie, right? Yes. Okay, not the actual story. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, we're talking about, talking about Disney here. Okay, good, there's, good, good. there's okay. no part of the actual Pocahontas story that is that has any kind no, of no, 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 gets, besides gets names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I just thought it was interesting because it, it didn't feel a little bit like a kind of like the the 
like the foreigners kind of vacationing with the foreigners, taking advantage of them and, and skedaddling on. It, it just kind of gave out that vibe a little bit. If it happens on Battleworld, it's not cheating. <laughs> <laughs> what happens on Battleworld stays on Battleworld. All right. Listen, if we're going to talk about this, yeah. let's talk about how big of a pimp Magneto is. Dude, Magneto, man. He it was, was like a boss. issue two or three. He's got the wasp at the house. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, just we can't it. leave. The storm's around us. Let's make some moves. Yeah, no, you're right. Magneto he, he was the pimp. Yeah. He had his own agenda, too. And Wasp, she was like, all right, bro. Okay. Yeah. She she said that she was playing Magneto. I don't no. buy it. No, no. She got a little worried. No. Uh-huh. Magneto played her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasp did not... Mm. Mm. I don't know. Wasp, she she got she got kidnapped, but then it was consensual kidnapped, which means she was just staying the night essentially at Magneto's purchase. Maybe it was Stockholm. Uh, debatable <laughs> so, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll take you up on that. It was raining out. She couldn't go back. She was <laughs> trying to take care of her. But baby, it's storming outside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But no, you're... God damn, you're right. Yep. And Man. then she dies. <laughs> but Jaji right right yeah I, I she was, saved everybody yeah, yeah yeah I was just saying that uh she she just had a rough go of it this story for for uh, interest she had a very interesting story I'll leave it at yeah, that yeah yeah, yeah yeah she did um so let's go ahead and talk about uh kind of like the, the meat of this again mm. we can bring it back around to Galactus mm. uh so for so much of this story Galactus is just posted up that's it. Yeah. He's posted up. And just kind of standing around mountains in a nearby village where the heroes are kind of forced to station to. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know what he's doing for a while. And then it's revealed that, oh, we think he's getting ready to eat. Uh, and at this point, <laughs> there's a couple of things going on. Doom going up uh, to, uh, to his world ship, for one thing, uh, and taking advantage of that. Doom is being doomed. Doom gets cast out, uh, back down to Earth, gets fucked up. But then we we get a continuation of this here, and then we get a moment here with uh, with Galactus and Reed Richards, a very candid conversation, and Reed kind of recounts it. Uh, what you guys think of this moment we got between these two? Galactus has respect for Reed, and that mm-hmm. is unreal. I mean, he really he he doesn't put them as equals, but. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put read much beneath him, and that's yeah. pretty crazy. It really is. Um, th- this is actually one of the quiet moments I really loved in the whole story because there was. Um, I-, I don't know if there was anything prior to this. Uh, maybe in the Fantastic Four readings where Galactus gave an iota of respect towards Reed Richards, but I-, I feel like this is one of the moments where they at least had, like you l- labeled it a second ago, that candid conversation, which really began a lot of the. Uh, I guess you could call it the emotional tie or, or I guess just the connection really between these two characters and the stories that are going to be told between them later, you know? I mean, for, for one example that's coming to my mind, uh, Earth X. Uh, do you, have you read that one before, Joseph? I, I don't recall reading that one. I thought I had, yeah. but at the moment I don't recall it. it. It's fascinating. It's, um, it's non-canonical, but it's super dope nonetheless. It actually kind of reevaluates like what Galactus was and how he actually was mm. related to Reed Richards in one way or another and it's super crazy we don't have the time to go into it right now that's all that's worthy for a whole another episode yeah. or two that's another podcast that they basically made the Marvel universe and explained like 
the theological side to it all in that book. They, they gave it a huge backstory. But I digress. The point is that this moment in Secret Wars was pivotal for a lot of potential storytelling that they've taken advantage of between these two characters. And I, I just liked it. It was a subtle nod, you know? Yeah. A, a small domino being knocked over to, you know, eventually knock over much larger ones. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how leaving the conversation... Reed Richards didn't know really what to take from it. He he just pretty much said that uh, my family's fine. I'm so grateful for that. My wife hasn't had the baby yet, so um, I still have time. Mm-hmm. But uh, he said that he is basically a harbinger of death, and I am one for life. I don't know what he means. I don't know what he wants. Uh, and then the more he thinks about it, you know, the more that we all kind of realize that well, well maybe maybe we should let Galactus do what Galactus does. Uh, he he he's a force of nature just as much as he is a personage, um, and at this point I was like, shit's getting real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, other than that, uh, Galactus at that point we realized that oh no, he's not. Uh, they decide to fight back still, and then they realize, well, oh no, oh no no no, uh, we need to destroy this device so he can't eat, he can't absorb because. But regardless, he ends up beginning to absorb just his fucking his own his own uh, homeworld ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, fuck. I'm gonna eat this. Yeah. I'm gonna take this energy. I was about to say like he called in his ship here, and uh, yeah, that that it's like your rations. You know, it's like you don't want to eat the rations. You want to eat an actual fresh uh, hot meal. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was this and one other moment where the X Men to me really shone though. I really like this fight scene they had with with the fucking drone. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you had Nightcrawler, you know, uh, teleport on top of it, rip a panel off, and uh, you have Professor or you have a Magneto and Cyclops trying to blast it down. And it explodes. It was all really good shit. Um, great shit. It was redeeming for their, uh, uh, you know, encounter with Spider Man earlier. Uh, you know, <laughs> you have enough time. Uh, but no, but. Essentially, what we do get here, though, is leading up to the uh, the God King Doom stuff. Yeah, which is phenomenal, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, I. It makes me giddy thinking about it because uh, you know they they tried to kind of uh, recreate that same. But did you read the twenty fifteen Secret Wars? I haven't. Okay. Mm. Um, slight spoiler alert for all the homies out there. Uh, the we God King Doom makes a return. Yep. Uh. And uh, we, we, they, you know, they, they try to recreate what made the original Secret War so, so special, but put their own kind of twist on it in the 2015 version. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's modern and it's good. It's, you know, it's, it's not quite, uh, not quite the, the, the same essence though. Uh, but when we have Doom floating like through this myriad of energy, trying to absorb it. Uh, what were you guys' initial thoughts on this? you think that he was going to be able to do it, or what you think was going to happen with Doom or the Beyonder? Oh, man, going in, I didn't know. I mean, Doom's always got a plan, and he you know, he went on that ship to get information and got Claw and, and used Claw's <laughs> uh, sound absorption stuff. And, and cre- this Doom is like a master builder Lego guy because <laughs> yeah. he, he rebuilds Ultron, <laughs> right? Yeah. He, he builds a... Ability to absorb all this energy. What else did he do? He built something else. Uh, he created Titania and Volcana. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep, 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 so, yeah, so yeah, he's like Lego master builder over yeah. here. 
he and Reed Richards both were like the kings of utilizing their resources. Like, mm-hmm. oh fuck, Hulk's got a mountain on top. Uh, give me web shooters. Give me Hawkeye arrows. Ah, uh, Doom over here. Hmm. I have this team of idiots, and I want <laughs> that power. What to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. great. Reed made a MacGyver move under the mountain. Yes, there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That shit was clutch. Let's. Are we going to touch on the fact that this was uh, James Rhodes in the Iron Man armor? Yes, yes. We got yes. to. Yeah. We have to, yeah. Because, you know, he, he tried to hit on Captain Marvel. He that did. was going nowhere. <laughs> and she was like, I thought this guy was smoother than this. Right. That, that was hilarious because, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because we're talking about, you know, all the, uh, I want to touch on all the uh, all the flirting, all the pimping going around. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one moment that, that we did overlook. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. But. Uh, I thought that it was it was cool though that that you know it was it was it was Rhodey in the suit, right. um, and I mean sure he says some things like yes I'm Iron Man and that's never gonna change and it, well okay <laughs> <laughs> he gave himself a pet talk. right he yeah, did yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no I thought it was really cool that we got Rhodey in the suit especially because he felt that he had something to live up to mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Sorry, I took us off the Doom thing, but no, you're fine. No, I mean, yeah, that we need to touch that thing too. Yeah, <laughs> because Rhodey was trying to touch that other thing. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're welcome for the easy setup. <laughs> I mean, you know, like you you you. Know, you get, I all you, and they, you get the same dunk. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Set me up for the layup, and I'll, I'll make right. it happen. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so Doom is able. He succeeds, and like. You know, especially as a kid, because uh, I wasn't used to the more visual stuff as a kid in comics. Hmm. But seeing uh, Doom go for it for the Beyond His Power, and then seeing him literally get ripped apart, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I had never really seen anything quite like that in comics. Yeah, not at that time. No. And I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" Like. This isn't Spawn. Like yeah, I could see this in my Spawn comic books. Why is this happening here? Uh, but yeah. no, seeing him get ripped apart, and I'm like, I don't know what what he does here. Uh, but then he fucking he pulls it off, and he comes back. God King Doom. He's a giant. If he wants to be, he has size manipulation now. Yeah. He can do anything. Reality warping. When I when I first saw it, I. I mean, because we've been reviewing the uh, the Watchmen TV series on mm. HBO so religiously here recently, it made me think of Doctor Manhattan. It's like, fuck, you were ripped apart. You dead, bruh. You shot your shot. Good, good job. Oh wait. Oh, you're back. Oh, dope. You know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's basically Doctor Doom Hatton here of the you know Secret Wars universe as we know it. It was super cool. Um, Doctor Doom Hatton. If they do the movie. Fuck man, that's that's something they have to get right. But I'm worried because we haven't even got basic doom right at this point. But that's <laughs> that's another worry. We, uh, that's another. Mm. I, I do want to talk about this at the end. I think we I think right, we finished right. this, this main arc. Is I thought we, so. We are not gonna leave that alone. <laughs> uh, so we get God King Doom. Okay. Mm. Uh, what did you guys think of this version of Doom? This incarnation. I mean, I just said it in so many words. Yeah. It was dope. He's, I liked it. He's yeah. pretty. He's pretty again. Yeah, yeah. He, he he made himself pretty and hangs a picture of his mom on the wall and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when you know, he he brings the heroes back, and he's like, "Hey, you know what? I put y'all through a lot of crap. Uh, anything you want? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all get on out of here. Oh, and Kang, 
You uh, you killed me, but I'm gonna bring you back and send you home. He's just yeah. he's just snapping fingers and making yeah. stuff happen. It's yeah. just, mm. and and he monologue style. All of you guys are beneath me. All that conquering <laughs> stuff's beneath me. I yeah. am everywhere and everything. So right. He's attained everything he's ever it's, wanted. It's, it's more than and and then again motivation. He's telling Captain America, I got to get my mom. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Mephisto, and you know that's that's always his top top dog motivation right there. So. That's all he's worried about. Yeah. I thought that was great. And I really have to give another shout out to to Jim Shooter, you know, because one thing that I really enjoyed about his writing was that he it seemed like he had such a, a care and understanding for all of these characters, hmm. which is why all of them at least got one moment to shine. Hell, even Hawkeye, like everybody got their moment. Uh, but that understanding of characters leads to stuff like this, where you have to think... It's like Jim Shooter, he didn't say, what do I need Dr. Doom to do here? He said, what would what would Dr. Doom do if he were given this power? Mm-hmm. He'd probably say something like this. Doom isn't like an all evil person. Given this much power, he'd probably try to set a few things right. And obviously, he tried to get his mom back. So I thought that was really clever writing on his part. Yeah. that That's, um as we've talked about so many times before on the podcast here, homies, that's that's always one of the biggest challenges whenever it comes to such a large cast and such an insurmountable story here. One of the compliments to, you know, the largest Marvel movies we've seen here recently, Infinity War and Endgame, that the biggest challenge with such an important cast is actually using them all well in that good balance. And yeah, dude, you're totally right. Um, that that's one of my notes that I came into this episode with that Jim Shooter did a a great job of utilizing his characters. And at least give them all at least one cool thing to do. Something that I guess kids will want to buy their toy for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a difficult balance tonight, and he pulled it off. Yeah. It's unbelievable, really. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, we, we get the, this final resolution here where the uh, our heroes, they're all gath- gathered up, and they're like, okay, we got to talk about this. <laughs> uh, are we really going to let him be a god? Like, well, let's take a vote on it. And the vote, everyone takes a vote, and, and Colossus is still in his, in his feelings. Uh, mm. <laughs> he was the last one, wasn't he? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then it was like, you know, as soon as he was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And they all agreed to it. Here comes Doom. Uh, with the obliteration uh, just bl- blows them all up essentially mm. uh, <laughs> now also I have to mention in the background there's just there's been this weird energy jumping from hero to hero it goes to like the Hulk to like Spider Woman and then to Claw and it's like you're reading this you're like what is this and then we realize eventually what this really is is the Beyonder right mm-hmm. Uh, he is still very much out there. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, Deviana, he's basically like the, the results of uh, a universe collapsing and becoming personified. He he is that. He is yeah. beyond human comprehension. I mean, one of the observations was that this universe also lacked stars and that they were all basically... Um, I, I don't remember the wording that was used anymore, mm. forgive me, but it, it was something along the lines of like the stars, there's not so many here, something must have happened to them, something must have been absorbing them, you know, and I'd imagine those were 
part of those universes colliding in order for the beyonder to become an entity and all powerful you know that's 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 a lot of power being absorbed and created into one thing mm-hmm. um yeah dude what do you guys think of us never actually seeing the beyonder physically in this book like was that something that ever did it bother you any did it do you think enhance it or take away or just I think if you put him in basic character form it takes away I, I agree with that I can yeah. see that like uh, to, I I just answered your question a little too simply I just said nah man it, it didn't bother me <laughs> but no like I, I agree with what you're saying Joseph that's um yeah I, I don't ima- I don't have a problem not seeing him because as you just perfectly put it it would humanize him to a point where a god doesn't need to be yeah yeah I think for me, once again, like as a kid, because I read Secret Wars 2 first, I was a little spoiled when mm. I read Secret Wars 1. Yeah. Because I was like, you well... Got to, you got to see a god. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Secret Wars 2 was so fucking weird. I don't want to go off on it, but it was so fucking weird. He got beat up by the thing in a wrestling match. Like, it was weird. Like, there's a lot of weird shit that goes down. <laughs> um... Anyways, though, I just said that just to say that, you know, you you, you see him in Secret Wars 2, uh, whereas here you don't, and I do think that mystery does add to it. Yeah. And he's corny in Secret Wars 2. He mm-hmm. is. I mean, yeah. he takes it, he wants to look like David Hasselhoff or something. I think yeah. that's one of the basis <laughs> for what he looked like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So, huh. he just took away from him. Yeah, okay. it, it did. He, he, he was he, a cornball. He went in for that surgery. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but the, the the God King Doom resolution essentially that he's afraid to go to sleep even because of what his subconscious might do. He's afraid of his mm. own power. It's it's a mortal man wielding the power of a god. Yeah, I mean, is he wrong though? You know, like on that level, like what could your power do even while you're not trying to control it? You know, uh, it's like it's like having an overpowered like triple platinum credit card the the ultimate black card or something and it's all of a sudden it's like fuck man i don't need that i don't need this this is too much man i, I, don't, I don't need this credit limit <laughs> i get my statement so it appears mr ficklin you've uh, purchased a, a a stealth bomber jet we don't know how you got one of those <laughs> but uh amazon yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got it prime but they flew it here and then <laughs> and then i gave them a ride home exactly Anyway, but no, I get your point though. Yeah. Uh, what, what, you have anything? No, no, that was it, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good summarize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, even with someone who's the smartest, Doom couldn't handle it all, and that was kind of like the the, the the gist of it. And uh, when the moment was right, and and that like kind of unbridled power was mixed in with his emotions, because the uh, the the good guys, the Avengers and the X Men, Fantastic Four, they came back to fight, and obviously uh, it. Things got a little hairy because uh, Claw was was even being overran with his rebooted Ultron he created, and when the moment was right, uh, the essence of the Beyonder leaped from Claw and uh, onto Doom, and I I absolutely love what they did here because we don't get any kind of solidified resolution. What we really see is what what we know as the Beyonder and Claw and Doom are just gone. And it's like, wh- holy shit. Yeah. It's like, what happened? 
he was and then he wasn't and smoke mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh how'd you guys feel about the resolution we got here when i was 10 reading this it was way over my head mm-hmm. wait a second what ha- i gotta read it again let me see what's going on here you know so uh as a 10 year old it was a little little much but now it's like i mean you try and process what could they have done I mean, this yeah. is this is a sensible resolution, I guess. Mm. It, it is, um, and there I, I can't help but to imagine. And, and forgive me if I'm, you know, so human in, in this moment between all three of us here. How dare you? But th- there's there's a moment where I almost felt a little lackluster. Like I was yes. hoping for this huge climactic tussle, the, these mortals and these almost gods versus this guaranteed god, Doctor Doom Hatton, as I'd called him earlier. Um, or what, what you you keep calling him something cooler? Uh, uh, God, God King Doom. God King Doom. Thank you. Um, but at the same time, the question you asked was right on the money, dude. You know, it's like, what could they have done? What else could have happened? And the Beyond, they're just kind of like tapping back in and saying, okay, almost as if like he allowed Doom to have his power. You know, so it's like, okay, that was fun to watch. Thanks. It's mine again. Good luck, and That's then just exactly what happened. Exactly, mm-hmm. you know, and it it was, it worked. It really does work for the story, but at the same time, I would understand that there was a reader who who read it and was just like, "Wait, what?" and flips through a couple pages to look and see if any big battle happens or something else that we're used to. And it's like, oh, it doesn't. Oh, huh. You know, I mean, was I yeah. the only one who had like that little that little child in him say, "But where's my fight?" You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I, th- I think you're, you, I, I, I agree with that. I can mm. see that. Um, I mean, I, because like both of you have already stated, yeah, I, I don't know really how you end something like that. Something so grand with a character so powerful. Uh, really, where do you go? Like, uh, And I, I don't want to say it's the easiest right out, but it is the most sensible, you know, just they're all going to go away. Yeah, I think in this case, it was the most sensible. And I guess consequently, it also just happens to be an easy ride out. You know, I would say sensibility first, though. You know, I mm. yeah, it just it just happened to be easy, also, which is rare, but sometimes kind of cool. You gotta wonder though if Jim Shooter mm. starts writing episode uh, issue twelve and he says, "Crap, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me think this over one more right. time. He goes back to the storyboard. He's just like looking at the whole thing. Well, right. son of a dick. Okay, now where was Galactus? Maybe I can bring Galactus back. Yeah. I don't know. Can, can we throw right. another mountain? Right. <laughs> Reed Richards and Galactus is going invi- to create an invention that's going to sap the energy. No, yeah. I can't. No, no, no. I already sent Molecule Man back to Denver. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, damn it! I built this game of chess. How do we end it? Right. <laughs> yeah, you end it by knocking all the pieces off the board and calling it a day. Exactly. The Beyonder coming through and being yeah. like, okay, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, it. took away the queen. But I do think that also kind of uh, helps it become more solidified as one of the the greatest Marvel comic arcs mm-hmm. of all time, uh, because essentially, like. The, the villain in this became Doctor Doom, but the original antagonist is the Beyonder, mm. who kind of puts them all here. Right. This all-powerful, seemingly all-knowing type of being. This untouchable being. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he just kind of puts everybody in their place. So it's like, yeah, I, I had no problem really with, with that as as the ending. I guess especially because even as a kid, I was cheating because once again, I knew this motherfucker comes back. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then of course we we kind of get like the uh, the farewells of the of the, the, uh, the goodbyes and Colossus man he still he Zaji is dead at this point. See there there was no winners or losers, but Colossus was the loser. Yeah, I can see it now. Like Colossus, he goes home and kid is like, oh, Peter, I'm so glad to see you. Are you okay? He's like, man, cause I'm fine. Okay. Can I breathe? Can <laughs> yeah. I just lost a loved one? <laughs> oh yeah, and about your dragon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's now, the true. dragon, dragon yeah, got a friend back. and come came back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lockheed yeah. found a friend. Yeah, no, Lockheed. He really, he really went off at the very beginning of the book. Found someone, found someone to just just to fuck for for twelve issues. <laughs> yep. And then it's like, oh, it's time to go home. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> Lockheed was the biggest pimp in the book. He was the winner. <laughs> We're going to die yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we also can't forget Thor and Enchantress. She's always oh. shooting her shot yeah. at Thor. Yeah. And she does again here, too. She tried it with a lot of people. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Doom. Yeah. Yeah. Doom uh, Cap. Yeah. She, she threw a little bit at Cap one time. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, yep. Pussy is power. Uh, so what we <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> I thought we'd go through one episode without it happening, but no. Um, but no. Uh, Ben Grimm decides to stay behind, and She Hulk takes his place mm-hmm. in the Fantastic Four. And that was interesting. Mm-hmm. What? Why do you guys think the decision was made that way? And, and yeah, in the case of Ben Grimm, I'm asking, but also in the case of Jim Shooter writing it that way. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that in the Fantastic Four comics that they were a little bit ahead. Uh, and so there was a while where She-Hulk was there, but Thing inexplicably wasn't. And then they kind of urged the readers, go back and read Secret Wars and it'll explain. Yeah, I think there were several mm. issues mm. Yeah. that came out and people were like, how did this happen? And it was a result of Secret Wars okay. coming out a week or two later or whatever. Okay, okay. Interesting. Mm. Huh. But as far as like, uh, hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I was about yeah. to say either way. Mm-hmm. Unfo- unfortunately, now I kind of ask the question. Well, wait, why? Why did any of that need, need to go to down? I, I guess just to create intrigue. That works for me because like, oh wait, now we go from big rock orange to big green woman. You know, I like She Hulk better personally, but oh no, same mm-hmm. here. Just just yeah. as a character generally. Yeah. But you know what's funny? I picked up a couple of the thing issues that happened. And they're actually pretty decent. Are they? I haven't read. They were pretty those. decent. Just oh, okay. showing what he's doing while he's. It's just. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why, because I'm not a thing fan at all. Mm-hmm. But I picked up a couple, and I thought, oh, this is actually kind of cool to the okay. for him. Just like yeah. riding the universe, seeing what's out there. Okay. It really quick, Joe. I'm, I'm sure you heard about the this whole debacle going on. What did you think about the thing knocking out Hulk? Oh fuck that! When was this? Th- this was. <laughs> this was. Uh, <laughs> This was very. We made a post about it on the Facebook page, maybe we a, did. a month or two ago, something like that. It was something close to that, yeah, yeah like a month, maybe a little more. Yeah, it was in, in one of the the recent issues. But uh, what happened was that um, I, I, Hulk was technically, I guess, being mind controlled, and I think that he was trying to hold back, but still, 
what happened was the the knockout blow was thing hits the hulk so hard that his arm shatters uh in the process of knocking out the hulk and 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 marvel and some other places tried to spin it as this you know it's the definitive winner of hulk versus the thing but nobody mm. bought it I, no and not, not since nobody bought the issue but nobody bought that that story you know like the fans yeah. were just like no you got the lore wrong marvel <laughs> he, he knocked out mark ruffalo there you go there's there's no way i don't he knocked out abercrombie hole <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Told yeah. <laughs> you know even mr fix-it hulk i don't think could would go down that easily no yeah go joe fix it yeah, <laughs> I was about to, doing that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Your reaction was exactly ours. Where it's like, I'm sorry. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but no. So I guess before we wrap up here with the story, really quick. So, yeah. um, what what was everybody's kind of? Uh, we kind of talked about these a little bit throughout the podcast here, but mm-hmm. everybody just talk about like really quick our, our favorite moments, uh, favorite characters, and and least favorite moments or characters. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan uh, of Doctor Doom the whole time, dude. I really loved, like, the... It, it wasn't really so much exposure of him, but it was such a great flex that they did with him, you know? It was such a great usage of the character. Um, and then it was also fun seeing God King Doom, which was super interesting. I was also a big Cap fan the entire time, mm-hmm. kind of seeing, like, him take, like, this... Uh, more often than not calming demeanor for the team who's like okay no I, I got an idea for leadership for us we can do this guys we're going to do blank 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 and we're going to do that 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 um i, I really enjoyed cap and i liked uh even in the end he had a, a, some really cool moments where he kind of uh shone brighter than others especially obviously with the cap versus uh wolverine right. uh cold war there but um th- those were two big names for me and obviously, you you gotta be a fan of Reed Richards in this one too. But those those were some of mine, just to name a few off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, uh, I I did not like Doc Ock. He seemed like he was always whining. He wanted to be in control, but he knew I, he, yeah. he knew I, he wasn't strong yeah. enough. I mean, it was just kind of this. I agree with that. He's trying to flex on people, and as soon as they, you know, Doctor Doom's like, "What?" And he's like, "My, uh, my bad. What you need?" <laughs> uh, so on that side, I'd say Doc Ock was one of my least favorites, and on the yeah. hero side, uh, Wolverine, it was always, "Let's just go right at him. Let's go right at him." Cap's like, "I'm making a plan, dude. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Yeah. You know, take a chill pill. Let me get this thing organized. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, yeah. so he just always come up. But I, I want to tell y'all, uh, as far as battles." Issue eight had my favorite battle. Oh yeah! But my favorite, the first page of, of issue twelve. Yeah. Uh, to see yes. the broken shield. I mean, nothing to fear. Yeah, uh, dude. That right there was just yeah incredible oh, imagery yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I gotta agree with you though, dude. I mean, I you if you've you've heard the show before, so you know I'm a Wolverine fan. You know, yeah. I I was not a big Wolverine fan in this issue. Um, his dialogue was really goofy, which I kind of chuckled at more than anything. But nah, dude, he, he he was just kind of like the team dick. Yeah. You know, which it wasn't cool. It wasn't badass. It was just like, okay, shut the fuck up and let us do this. Yeah. I'll say this, though, for yeah. him. It, it, he he did defend Cyclops in issue one. And it was it was that uh, the difference between team and family. I'd say X-Men's a family. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they fight, but they're always together. They got that mutant blood. They feel, you know. And uh, who was it that tries to... Post up. It was Hawkeye trying to post up on um, 
Cyclops. Yeah, yeah that's and, right. And Wolverine's like, hey, he may be a jerk, but he's our jerk. It was like the big brother syndrome yeah. coming out. You yeah. Know? Like, that, you're not going to do that. That deep blood comrade. So that, that was one of the good, few mm-hmm. good moments for him. Like, you, you know, you're not going to mess with this guy. Yeah. You know, I can mess with him, but <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to. Yeah. Uh, I think low-key, one of my favorite moments actually comes from uh, the Human Torch. And this when we get like this super powered Ultron and Human Torch man gives it his fucking all and he's able to put him down. Supernova. He goes supernova and he he's able to burn out Ultron. I thought that was dope. Mm. Cat would have been toast. Oh yeah. There would have yeah. been no oxygen there. Yeah. 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 He melted the That's whole true. building yeah. where they were standing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this super soldier serum, you know, it could... Uh, <laughs> it creates oxygen just real quick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know the atmosphere of this planet entirely, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing good. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I still thought that was, a, that was an excellent moment. Um, as far as, like, one of my uh, least favorite uh, characters or moments... Um, man, this is hard to say like one that uh you know we haven't already kind of harped on some um uh, i i would say this kind of like a mixed bag uh mm-hmm. in which i thought it was awesome and then i also didn't really care for it that much was the spider-man uh taking down the x-men mm. uh i thought it was a great storm for spider-man but come on, the entire x-men n- none of them could do anything you know so and it's like i, I get it storm was on the inside so she couldn't zap him not that she would you know you don't want to zap your friend like that, but maybe a light zap, <laughs> just like a little bit more than a taser. Yeah, you know, it's like you see the X Men and everything that they can do. Wolverine didn't hear them or smell them, uh, you know. So it's like it's it was really the perfect storm for Spider Man to kind of go through and, and make them kind of look like buffoons. Uh, which, on one hand, is fine if you're a really really big Spider Man fan, uh, but on the other hand, if if you're a really, really big X-Men fan, then you kind of like, well, what the fuck? So. Yeah, it can be downheartening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had missed feelings about that. It was just as awesome as it was damning yeah. for me. Um, but yeah. So as a whole, guys, uh, what are kind of our closing thoughts here on the story? I mean, I, I think it's just really well put together. Jim Shooter gave everybody some moments, like we've said. Uh, let the let the leader shine and and there was a lot of I mean there was some depth here and some interweaving of just relationships and motivations and things it was just really cool. I'm I'm right there with you, man. Uh, I agree. There was a, a fun complexity here that they played with, um, which I didn't expect going into this. Uh, looking for a detailed read. But um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what the outcome was. I enjoyed what the story gave me. Uh, there were some subplots which were, were interesting and fun. Uh, they, you know, I feel like because I'm so used to present day writing and I've been exposed to a lot of moments when subplots were there to uh, cleverly rope back around and come full circle back with the main plot eventually, that I've been spoiled by that. But with what the story gave me overall and what happened and what the outcome was and how the subplots were eventually fuel cells essentially to help power other stories after secret wars i really dug it you know i really dug it for what it was um i dug the flaws i dug all the strengths and of course i mean it's 
it's easier to know and understand now on on both those levels why this is such a historical and monumental story for Marvel's history and what made them really just kind of like trampoline back up and say oh wait no no we got a lot of cool shit moving from here on out and just kind of climb upwards from there on oh yeah yeah um <clears throat> just kind of echoing what you guys said this is kind of the marvel event that kicks off everything else and in a day and age where a lot of fans myself included a lot of times feels like there's too many big events in comic books uh, this takes me back to a time where they really did mean something. When a comic event really did mean something. Uh, things weren't just retconned. They didn't use these to restart at issue number ones. They didn't do... Mm. They were done to really give the fans the, that big, awesome team-up moment. The, the same way that like everybody felt seeing Avengers on screen for the first time. Like That's... That's what they were going for here when we got this kind of big crossover and, and, and it fucking succeeded. It worked. Mm. Um, I I really fucking dig this story. I think it's I think it's a great story. And with that being said, guys, really quick, how do we think that the MCU could possibly introduce this type of story and, and make it good? I thought I'd be ready for that question, Joseph. <laughs> are Are you? Because I'm not. <laughs> not really. So, off the cuff, um, we're, we're going to have to do something about Iron Man. Um, we, we still have a war machine. We have a war machine. So, basically... It, it works. The actual caricature <laughs> yeah. inside the machine, yes. This time, it would. I would just want war machine. Yeah. Take out the Iron Man suit and just make it the war machine and make it honest, you know? Um, we have a Captain Marvel. Oh, <laughs> Joseph, you took the words and the thought right out of my brain, brother. You really did, cause I, I I was about to say it if you wouldn't. It's like, <sighs> nah, bruh, nah. I'd rather just have the time lapse and get Monica. <laughs> well, look, you don't have to have the exact same characters. Yeah, that are you don't. Yeah. No, you just have to have some groups. Exactly. You know, this yeah. has actually sort of been done in the um, Spider-Man cartoon in the nineties. Yep, that's true. Oh, you're right. Yeah. With all the different uh, Spider-Mans from yeah, the, the, that was dope. Yeah. No, I'm talking about they actually had Secret Wars in the Spider-Man cartoon. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it was a couple of it was maybe it was more. It was at least two episodes. Mm. But oh. They shit. they brought in a couple of Avengers. It was I mean mm. you're talking about 21 in this. Mm -hmm. This was like seven. Right. Or right. Something. Right. But it was the Beyonder and everything. Okay. The Beyonder kind of. Um, <clears throat> collaborated with Madam Web to make it happen. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do actually remember reading that. Yeah. yeah. Or, I know. Watching that. Yeah. Oh no, no. I I I read it. Yeah. I I read up on the history of it. Um, oh, you read about? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I do know that there were a couple animated shows that played with the Secret Wars. There was one that actually made a whole season called Secret Wars. I, I don't recall which. I'll have to revisit that later. But um, yeah. Uh, I know the Spider Man version. I know that I know what you're talking about too, though. Where there was a version where Beyond mm -hmm. was really testing for which Spider-Man was the best Spider-Man in multiple universes. Yeah, that was like a multiverse. Right. Yeah, 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 and that that was clever. <laughs> that was a very interesting tap. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Revisiting the idea of making this an MCU movie, um, I, I would, I would, I would need to see Doom and something else first. Mm. Obvious, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I kind of feel that like this would be a great jumping point to introduce a lot of the characters that we don't currently have. Okay. Seeing that Battle World is being put together from different planets all across the universe and whatnot, they could really, if they wanted to, just spend that. And, and I mean, because sometimes Marvel they they do dumb their stuff down for the audience, but mm. sometimes they also they they don't. Sometimes they don't think they were so stupid, you know, and yeah. and, and they they play straight with us. So like they don't we don't have to get some kind of whole in depth introduction to the X Men. They know that their audience, for the most part, already has an idea of who these characters are. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, in other words, kind of <clears throat> use this to maybe introduce a, a good amount of the X Men and Fantastic Four. Yeah. Because I'm I'm totally down for that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that could be pretty cool. Um, as far as like the the villains go, I would love if they could bring back Ultron. You know. Um, I think that I think that they would have to spin it so that Galactus seems like the big threat until we realize that he's actually going up against the bigger threat being the Beyonder uh, just trying to think about it from like a, a, a movie aspect like a producer's chair yeah yeah like yeah. how you have to spin this um, you know because you, you can't really tell a story like this or at least in the trailer format you know because the Beyonder is unseen and you can't really show him but Galactus you can show the fuck off with um, hmm. so yeah that's just me spitballing off the top of my head there's some cool things and I think it can be done uh, oh yeah no I mean yeah. I, I totally agree it, it it definitely can be done um, I just see it happening a certain number of ways you mm-hmm. know like I, I can almost imagine like we get uh, I'd rather not do it that way never mind I was about to pitch the idea that we do a Fantastic Four movie where an idea of Galactus is introduced not as the main villain that couldn't work because how where do you go from there after you have Fantastic Four the first movie MCU style you, you get go, the big baddie Galactus in there what, what the fuck's gonna happen next obviously mole man Kevin oh gosh <laughs> alright I'm, I'm done <laughs> but alright so if we're talking about mm-hmm. Infinity War yeah. and Endgame's three hours apiece how many hours do you think it would take to do this justice you need two movies two movies mm-hmm. uh, just two <laughs> three hours apiece three hours apiece that yeah. I, I think that's all feasibly they they would get, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many would you need to make it? You know, picture perfect. Uh, yeah. You need like, you need like a you need like a Lord of the Rings style trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What well, what are you thinking? What's up? I don't know. It would take a lot. Yeah. I just know two movies. I don't think would be sufficient mm. unless you cut out a lot of stuff here and you could cut out some stuff and make mm-hmm. it a decent story yeah so one thing that the Avengers movies always had going for them is that they never had to use those to tell us about the characters mm. in this case in the case of Secret Wars they would have to do some of that yeah yeah that'd be like there. I mean so you know Marvel executive whoever you are they're listening you know we have ideas so we do we do and we, we can sell them for a cool five mil uh, you know each Plus, one thing that this movie would benefit from that the comic book story, unfortunately, still had the responsibility to do for Marvel's sake, they had to make, like I talked about earlier, they had to make subplots, which would help fuel other comic ideas after Secret Wars so they can have a, like other write-off ideas and create their own like new stories, essentially. This movie, the fictional one we're creating, that is, doesn't need to do that. Sure, to some degree, of course, but they don't need to do that to such regards here because we don't need another Avengers 2. 
Hmm. You oh, know, yeah. cramming too much into one film. Exactly, and then also have like an a bl- like an obvious agenda to try to really push us into the idea of the next saga, the next phase. Mm. You know, with this, they they could just make it like our awesome trilogy idea and say, "Fuck yes, here's your Secret Wars. Have fun with it." You know. Yeah. 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 Still talking to you, Marvel exec. That could. I mean, yeah. I obviously I love it. I'd watch it. <laughs> the Russos would love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's all I have for uh, for, for this one. You guys gonna have anything else before we wrap up? I don't think no. so. and thoughts. Okay. Well, Joseph, dude, you you've been awesome, my man. Thank it's you for joining us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it's it's been dope talking about this. This has definitely been a book that's been on the charts for uh, too long for us to talk about. Yeah. Um. And homies, thank you guys for listening, obviously. Hopefully, there's a lot of you guys who are familiar with the graphic novel. And I know there's going to be a population who isn't, but make time for it, you know? I know we say that for every fucking thing we read, but this one is a monumental point in Marvel's history. I mean, this is one of the most well-respected books out there by any writer, present or past. Definitely, you know, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, a strong point to any story is how does it hold up mm. and there's plenty of stories that are fun to read in the moment but you know even five years later are they still that fun to read or are they collecting dust on mm. your shelf yeah. uh, Secret Wars literally guys 35 years later is still a really excellent read this is the 35th anniversary yeah yeah, this yeah. this year, this yeah. year, uh, we we made the limit, guys. So if you're listening to this in 2020, <laughs> that's your own damn fault. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but no, that that really does go to say a lot about a story how how well it holds up like this. Um, and Joseph, just like Kevin said, man, thank you for for agreeing to be on. You, this has been a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as we have. Well, definitely, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yes. Uh, Hell yeah. This has been a, a ton of fun, my friend. Um. Also, really quick, guys, uh, I told you, you guys thought I was lying. No, I meant what I said when I was going to plug suplex and microphones again. Mm. Uh, definitely, guys, for all you out there who, who are, are wrestling fans, especially if you like uh, the independent scene, definitely, trust me, uh, check out suplex and microphones. I know you can find it on, on YouTube right now. Is that, is that where you guys are currently, yes. primarily at? Mm-hmm. All the videos are on YouTube. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Everything's at suplexes mics, M-I-C-S. So you can find everything through there. Uh, Nate also does our Twitter for us. I don't ever touch Twitter. So <laughs> Q has actually been great at that. He's our Twitter man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, thank you again for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well, just thank, pure yeah. honesty. No. <laughs> uh, thank you, Joseph, uh, for once again agreeing to be on, brother, uh, and and for giving us your insight on, mm-hmm. on Secret yeah. Wars. So, you know it. It was once again so great to have somebody on who who loves the source material this much, and who, who was also kind of there when the foundation was being laid. Uh, so th- that was that was just really great to kind of get your input on this. That's another year old comment. <laughs> you don't need to be Batman to figure this stuff out. You know, I mean, like if. if Damn it, Q. That's fucked up. <laughs> if you want to interpret it that way. <laughs> I look at this way. Years from now, you know, some somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, so you were there when Civil War came out?" Right. So, oh how, gosh, how was that? Mm. House of M? 
Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, homies, if you guys have any other kind of questions, comments, gifts, threats, food supplies, or reading suggestions, hit us up at superherohomies at gmail.com or any of our social media outlets. We are always active and live. Hell yeah. And homies, you already know what I'm about to say. Feel free to also visit our Patreon page, superherohomies slash patreon.com probably reverse that actually patreon.com slash superior homies wow i got it backwards but what's not backwards is a dollar gets you most things three dollars gets you everything and keep an ear out because we're gonna have some star wars cool ass new movie new release coming on soon you might have heard about it nudge nudge wink wink uh we'll be covering rise of the skywalker like kevin said Mm -hmm. and that'll just be a dollar patreon guys so sign up for a dollar get all of our free movie reviews we always get shit. Every goddamn thing we got. Everything we got. Ooh. It's less than a Starbucks. They, they absolutely. Yep. There and, you go. And <laughs> and better for you. Better for you. <laughs> I, I want to request officially, y'all need to, after Mandalorian season one finishes up. Okay. Complete review of the whole season. We've been well, talking about that, actually. Yep, yeah. It's actually been in the works. So now we have an official request. So and I'm a patron. I'm paying yeah. for this. Yeah, you pay, yeah. <laughs> we we, we got to make it happen. Exactly. Uh, so supply and demand. It, you, before you leave, you'll see it come up on the big board I here. Board. Oh, yeah. I like it. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. By the time you make it to your car, Joseph, we'll have three episodes up before you're ready to go. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Luckily, uh, they're half hour piece. So yeah. let's go. <laughs> Uh, but thank you guys again for listening in. Uh, Joseph, since you've been such an, an, an awesome homie tonight, how about you being uh, uh, an honorary superhero homie for the next 45 seconds? Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, thank you all for listening in. And until next time, my name is Superhero Homie Q. As always, I am Superhero Homie Kevin. I guess that makes me Superhero Homie Joe. Till next time. So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember... I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.